we won a national championship for for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi, uh, we did it. And, uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball. Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just there and walks it off with a grand slam. All righty, what is up, college baseball fans? We finally made it. Today is opening day of the college baseball season for the year 2023, our fifth season covering this sport. And uh, Dimitri, I just want to put you on the spot real quick. Who's your national championship winner? Dude, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, um, I don't know. Save it. Save it. We're gonna make our national championship um, winner pick. Give me thirty minutes. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get it at the end of the episode. I just thought I'd throw you on the spot since we definitely didn't talk about any of that before the show. Anyways, um, today's episode is brought to you by our newest sponsor, an advertiser. Actually, I, I want to call them a partner because they've been so great to us so far. Uh, really got to meet you know the ceo cfo everybody really involved and it's yakker tech and if you have not heard of yakker tech yet you're behind in the times these guys are really going to change the game of college baseball and like i truly believe that because of not only what they're doing for player development and analytics uh, things like that within the the programs they're also going to start doing things with fan engagement where fans can pull up an app on their phone and, and see spin rates and stuff like this. I don't even know if I'm supposed to be telling you guys this. That's that's all future stuff, but I'm going to leave it in here. They're also going to start doing things with uh, interactive stuff on the scoreboards, with sponsors, advertisers, gaming. These guys are the real deal, and we're really, really happy to have them. And they're sponsoring the podcast and our mid-major polls throughout the year. And you guys can check them out on, on our website. Uh, we have their logos and their links to their website already posted up there and then every week when we post our mid-major rankings they'll be there as well so thank you to Yakrotech. we're excited to have them on this year and of course this episode is also sponsored by our friends at circa sportsbook who is going to be our official sportsbook partner this year where we're going to start promoting their gambling lines for college baseball and they have our big grand prize that they're presenting 
which is a three-night stay in Las Vegas. Nice room, cabana suite on top of the swimming pool, or not on top of the swimming pool, cabana suite at the swimming pool sportsbook that they have. If you don't know what we're talking about, just Google it. It's the coolest thing that Las Vegas has to offer. And uh, they're, they're, they're supplying our grand prize for our weekend series pick'em and our survivor pool contest through our Patreon. So if you haven't signed up yet, it's probably still open. It's going to be open until 11 a.m. Eastern, right, Dimitri? No, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. 10 Eastern. Eastern. Yep. You have until 10 a.m. Eastern Friday, February 17th, opening day to sign up. If, you, if you're listening to this after that, I'm sorry you missed out, but we are going to be doing other contests throughout the years with grand prizes yep. uh, that we're already starting to talk about. So, but anyways, we really do want to thank our Patreon members and I'll be honest with you, the, we just got a flood of people that decided to sign up here uh, as of yesterday and today. And I don't have time to read everybody's name today on today's podcast because our Patreon members do get a shout out on the podcast. So instead of rushing through the 50 or 60 names that we got signed up in the last 48 hours, I'm going to take it slow. I'm going to do 10 names today and then 10 more names on Sunday's podcast, 10, 10, 10. We're going to spread it out so everybody gets their love. And this uh, this episode, our 10 people, I'm just going to start here at the top of the list. Actually, I'll start where we left off last time. Uh, really appreciate our Patreon members. They really do help us uh, make everything possible, give more excitement to us during the season. And and we're excited for the the, the fun things we're going to do moving forward. So let's start here with Dan solar so appreciate you dan appreciate you for signing up there uh you have a you have a great profile picture i like it <laughs> uh moving on to andrew miller he's our campbell campbell insider campbell camel insider uh he does great work on twitter you guys should definitely give him a follow if you want to follow the the camels this year then we have stephen vernon i'm not familiar with stephen vernon um i'm sure sure i can find him on twitter but he's got an fbi profile picture so maybe he's in the fbi we got chuck johnson we have jason marin mont or sorry oh wow i'm gonna butcher this last name first name marin last name monsevas i think that's french monsevas monsevo marin monsevo monsevas sorry marin don't know how to pronounce your last name and then we have justin anderson I can pronounce that name. James Rupert, Ben Zamarin, Chandler Hatch, and our last one here, Michael Guy. So those are the ones we're doing here on this episode. Believe me, every Patreon member will get a shout out on this uh, on, on our podcast throughout the year. Just want to kind of slow it down. We don't want to rush through it. So you guys are the best. And uh Next episode, we're starting here with Lauren Palmiero. Lauren, DM us and let us know the pronunciation of your last name before before next episode, all right? Hey, let's go. Hey, appreciate all of you guys joining us. Um, <laughs> and with all that being said, let's go. So, hey, let's we got, go. A, fun, we got go. a fun episode hey. here, Dimitri. We, we got some guys, questions, um, some Q&A from our fans. No idea, like, how much how much it like it means to us like after you know all these years and we're like we decided to you know put a little more effort in i'm not i don't want to say effort but 
using our brain to get more creative and find ways to offer more entertainment. Yeah. So um, with that being said, we we have a great episode on. We have questions from our fans that they submitted you, to hey, us by the way, Patreon by the way, and Discord. What? Did you? So because you're punishing yourself for that, you're mad. Did, have you been doing your push-ups and your sit-ups? No. Next question. Wow. <laughs> so you are not loyal. You are not a man of your word. Wow. Listen, when I'm carrying around my 24-pound, 11-month-old son, it feels like a workout. And I got to go up and down the stairs with him, up and down the stairs with him. That's got to that's gotta count for something. I, I ate I cauliflower pizza the other day. That's That's great for my diet. Anyways, so anyway. enough, enough about me and not holding myself accountable. I knew that was going to happen too. We we took questions from our Patreon members and through our Discord, and we got some good ones. So we're going to actually end the show on that, and I just kind of wanted to leave a teaser. We will pick each one of our national champions. Last episode, we talked about our eight for Omaha and our conference champion winners. We will pick our national champion on this episode. We also are going to talk about our weekend series pick them we selected the six series here uh, they're tough they're not e- they're not easy even for two guys that follow the sport like Dimitri and myself do picking these six series was a sweat my armpits are literally sweating right now and I'm wearing a black shirt you can see right through it wait oh, you're shirt- sweating from you're sweating from making those picks I am literally uh, the shirt whoa, I'm wearing is whoa. what, what it, shirt is that? Is that a Spencer just, Rattler shirt? It's a Spencer Rattler shirt designed by one of our Patreon members, Chris Phillips from the Spurs Up show, which I'm actually going on a show in 10 hours. It's you 2 already, a.m. You are, I thought you already went on a show. No, I'm going. You went on it last week or earlier this week, and I, I'm going to go on it today. He's this good stuff. Oh, really good stuff there. You, you, bought, you bought that Rattler shirt? Yeah, I bought it back in the fall. I moved to South That's Carolina. Cool. I was gonna, I was gonna root for South Carolina football, but that turned into like a one-week thing. It was a one-week thing. But it's a nice shirt, so I wear it every once in a while. Uh, so going back to the weekend series pick'em, the the weekend series pick'em was really tough. And I'll tell you what was harder than that was the Survivor. That was I hard. Could not, for the life of me, decide who I was gonna pick for my Survivor challenge this week. Ultimately, I picked a very chalky pick that I'm sure everybody else picked. Uh, so my, my, my sense of, I'm usually a fade the public, fade the public kind of guy. Usually the public's wrong, but I, I was like, Hey, if I'm losing week one, <laughs> if, if, if I'm, losing, I'm going down with everybody I'm else, going down with the ship, man, I, I I'm going down Holy with the shit. Titanic. Yeah. The, so the, those picks were, were hard as shit. To yeah. Make. So like, we'll, hard. we'll get to our weekend series, pick them and survivor picks the official ones. And uh, other than that, I mean, I really just want to start here with the start the show off with what opening day means as a college baseball player and a college baseball coach. And uh, I, I want to start with a funny story about my opening, my first college baseball opening day. It was a pretty chilly February day in Birmingham, Alabama. The UT Martin Fighting Skyhawks took a trip down to to UAB, and UAB was opening up the Birmingham Barons' brand new field. We were the first games to ever play on this this field. So I'm a freshman. 
we're buses leaving Thursday at 11 a.m. I think to get there by Thursday evening to practice and then stay the night in the hotel and then Friday is the first game, right? And so I had a chemistry test at 9 a.m. on Thursday. The the night before I was studying all night, didn't really think about packing my equipment and stuff. I was like, hey, I'll just do that in the morning before the bus gets there and I'll be fine. Well, ultimately, my, my chemistry test absolutely murdered me. And I was running out of the chemistry building at like 1030 to get down to the locker room to pack my stuff. Well, what I forgot was I brought my stuff, most of my stuff to my dorm room the night before to like do, you know, to pack everything else up into my bags. So I didn't realize that I left my, not only my practice jersey, but my game pants, my, so my game pants, my belt, my socks, all three of my hats we were supposed to wear and one of my jerseys. So I show up Thursday night, not knowing this had no, I had no idea that I didn't pack this stuff. We, we get to the hotel, unload everything. My, my teammates are getting dressed. We were, we were sharing six people to a hotel room, Dimitri. I'm not kidding. The, the UT Martin Skyhawks were sharing six people. Well, the freshmen had to, it was, we had two Kings or we had two queen size beds and then a pull out couch. And then they wheeled in this mattress that I guess they have. It's like a little twin size mattress that they wheeled in the room. So there were six of us sleeping in one hotel room and uh, five of my teammates were getting dressed and I'm getting ready. And I'm like, Oh man, where's my bag run down to the bus. It's not there. And then it hit me. I was like, wow, I don't have any of my stuff. So I, uh, no way. <laughs> yeah. First, first college practice and game. And so we had like an extras bag. So I was wearing skin tight practice pants, <laughs> my, like m- my mid calf white socks. <laughs> and no, I was wearing rubber cleats that our trainer actually <laughs> used to wear. Like our trainer would wear like these turfs. And I asked like, you know, the athletic trainer, I asked to borrow them. And that's what I wore. Um, I, I didn't use a glove, not that I used a glove anyways, cause I was a DH, <laughs> but used like a friend's glove and was swinging a weird bat. Uh, I didn't wear a hat in the dugout, didn't get to play all weekend because I was in trouble. So it, I'm sure there's another freshman out there. It's probably one freshman a year that this happens. Um, don't let that be you because you, you won't play that whole weekend and then you'll get thrown to the fire, your midweek game against Ole Miss in front of. 6,000, 8,000 people. And that's where I made my first college appearance was at Ole Miss and luckily got hit in the foot with a curveball because I had no shot. Anyways, that was my opening day story. Pack your stuff. Don't take your chemistry test. Postpone it. Postpone it to the next week. So your opening day was in Oxford, Mississippi. My opening day was, uh, it was 34 degrees, raining. Uh, a lot of people there. And yeah, I, I got a pinch hit in the seventh or the eighth inning, got down one ball, two strikes. And I forget the pitcher. He ended up pitching in pro ball for a little bit, but he threw me the nastiest slider I've ever not seen. Cause I didn't even see it. Like it was way too hard and broke way too much. And it hit me in the back of the foot. And I have a video out there somewhere. I clipped it and I, I was stunned when it hit me and I was so excited. I started like pumping up the dugout. It was, it was an absolute joke. Uh, as an 18 year old, I'm embarrassed of myself. It, it was, it was at Ole Miss though. That was my opening day. First time I was oh, eligible wow. to play. 
I'm pretty sure I was suspended at UAB. So, yeah. Um, well, hey, we're 15 <laughs> and a half minutes in. Um, are you ready to start the, the show? Yeah, for the listeners out there, this episode is about me and me only. Uh, this is my this is my time to shine. If they're, if they're still here, I'm impressed. <laughs> hey, our podcast numbers have been looking good though. We're getting over four thousand downloads an episode, which is sweet. Pretty sweet. Pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. And um, uh, anyway, so any opening day stories that you want to run off? I'll, I'll give you the floor now if you want to just run by them real quick. Bro, you you're the host of the show, and I'm just kind of. No, I'm asking you, do you have any opening day stories you want to share? Um, oh, big story do I want to share? Um, Tennessee is the betting favorite to win the national <laughs> no, championship. You idiot. I'm saying you. Did Dimitri Curtis have any opening day blunders? Oh, personal, like, hey, oh, personal story. Yeah. <laughs> um, freshman year, we played more. Uh, more has stayed at home. Things went smoothly. Sophomore year, we played at the Snowbird Classic in Sarasota. Things went smoothly. Junior year, we played Virginia Tech at home. They smoked you guys, smooth. too. Didn't they smoke you guys? What, what are you talking about? Oh. Gibby always told, told us you guys got smoked. No, we, we lost the first two close and one. No, we won one that weekend. I just don't remember. I don't remember. Any, anyway, um, and then, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That weekend, I pitched five innings on Sunday and out of the bullpen, and we won. I remember. There you go. Then, senior year, no, I, I have it mixed up. I don't, I think, sorry, guys. I, I think I just messed that all up. I think senior year, <laughs> we played Virginia Tech. Yep, senior year, we played Virginia Tech. Anyway, no, but I do have something I want to say. I made an error, a, a, for some people, a big error. I said on the last episode that I said that we beat, we raked the shit out of Kyle Freeland when we played Evansville. That was factually semi-correct. I was kind of wrong, too. I said we hit four home runs. We didn't hit any home runs. We scored four runs. We just didn't hit any home runs. And we were the, we were the team to hit him the hardest all year. I got a DM from um, one of the Evansville guys that was on the team um, that year, and he called me out aggressively. I deserved it because I said Freeland got his shit rocked. He got he gave up four runs in five or six innings. It just wasn't via the home run ball. It was just via a bunch of hits. So however you want to take that, I was wrong, and I apologize for being wrong. But at the same time, I was kind of right. We did, we did rake him. It's the Mandela effect. You you remember one thing, and they, he remembers one thing, and you know we'll just leave it at that. Anyways, we, we were the team to to rake him the the hardest, the best. I don't know how you say that. We we smashed him the best out of any team all year. So I will hold on to that one, even though I don't hit. I don't know why I'm so proud of this moment. Um, <laughs> but regardless, apologies to Evansville fan, to the Aces fan. Um, I will be better. Going forward, um, I will not put your name in a negative light like that again, but we did rate Kyle Freeland. Yeah. All right. So uh, now that we got all that off our plate, we... Uh, that's my opening day story. Yeah, that's a good opening day story. And so one thing I want to tell our listeners just real quick, 
If your team sucks opening weekend, don't care about it at all. Now, if they if they sweep, celebrate that, rub it in your rival's face, because then you'll fall into the hot, cold, hot theory. You start the year hot. You're going to cool off in the middle of the year. You're going to be so frustrated. It's going to be the worst thing ever. You're going to sneak into the tournament. You'll get hot again. That's the formula to ultimately make an Omaha run and win a national championship. And our defending champs, Ole Miss, they're uh, – I'm getting a little bit of mixed reviews for Ole Miss this year. Some of the media outlets that cover college baseball really, really like the team. They returning like Jacob Gonzalez, who might win the Golden Spikes this year. Uh, they have a little bit of of swag to them. And wait, they, are you saying wait? Are you saying Ole Miss didn't start that great last year? No, I said they did. It hot, cold, oh. hot. Oh, they, yeah, they went hot, cold, hot. They, that was literally perfect, picture perfect. That is our case study. Like, our theory works. That is like, yeah. that proves it. If nothing else proved it, Ole Miss proved it last year. A lot of teams have proved it. Coastal Carolina proves it. Now, Vanderbilt back in 2019 didn't really prove it because they were good almost all year long. Uh, but yeah, if you want your team to be hot in the beginning, Cool off in the middle, right in the beginning of conference play. You this after the second weekend of conference play, you want to see a one and five conference record or a two and four conference record with some bad, bad losses. That's when you can really smile to yourself and say, All right, we're on track. We're 17 and nine this year, but we're we're six and or we're three and six in our last nine. Uh, this is right where we want to be. We'll get hot at hey, the end. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. What would the outlook for Mississippi State last year, I'm trying to remember what the vibe was like. They were they everybody thought they were going to be you know a top fifth, top ten, top fifteen team in the country, right? Yeah, but then Landon Sims got hurt, and then the whole season kind of crumbled slowly. They weren't supposed to be good last year. They I know they were the defending national champions, but they were not supposed to be as good as they were. They were not supposed to be a SEC. Yeah, they were. Or they were supposed to be a middle of the road SEC team. Probably finished third in their division and you know of course when you lose the best pitcher in all of college baseball your season's going to take a turn a tumble because you have nobody to get outs for you you know take saturdays and sundays the track. yeah the train one wheel goes off the track turned into two wheels turned into the whole damn train so yeah. um all the uh i think so, I, I don't think they're going to be as bad as mississippi state was last year i mean we pending injury Etc. But I think this Ole Miss team losing a couple leadership guys, for example, Tim Elko, um, Dylan Delucia became a leader real quick on that team. Like mm-hmm. when you think of Ole Miss national championship team, you think of Dylan Delucia. Yeah, like, no doubt. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you think of that guy. So now you look back on him like, wow, that guy was a leader. That's a big loss. In March of last year, you probably didn't even know who he was. Yeah, you did. You probably saw him get given up eight runs in four innings. I mean, I I, I knew who he was. That's a false thing. I don't even want to say it. He never gave up eight runs in four innings. That was a made up stat. Just I, I just blurted it out. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm correcting myself. I don't want to. I don't want to put that. I. I do you remember when t- Mike Bianco basically just said, "I don't have anybody good enough to pitch for me." Do you remember that last year? I think his exact quote was 
nobody on this pitching staff is good enough to pitch here. Basically something nobody's good enough to start for me or something like that. He did yeah, because he didn't release a Friday, Saturday, Sunday probable starters. It was all TBA, TBA. And Dylan DeLucia through a complete game. I think I want to say mid-April, end of April, something like that, through a CG. And dude, the reaction on his face and what the way he reacted just told you everything you needed to know. That yeah. team needed a Friday night guy. They needed a leader. They needed someone to get their asses off to a good start each weekend. And when he made that start, it was like, oh, my God, we have our guy. And Delusia was like, Coach, Bianco, I'm fucking here. I'm here. I'm your Friday night guy. Like, I'm here. Yeah. Because he – of course, they all know what Bianco said. They're not good enough. He was like, I'm here. So that was the turning moment of LSU. Yeah, you're only as good – in college baseball, you're only as good as your Friday night guy. If your Friday night guy gives you no chance to win, you're a pathetic team. You cannot win ball games because it's just dominoes from there. Then you got to throw your best relievers on Friday to hang in there. Then they're not usable Saturday, Sunday. It's a, it's an absolute night, nightmare. But what I will say, my first prediction of the year, Ole Miss will not be – they will not win another national championship this year. It's so hard to go back-to-back. Back. It's almost impossible. Would you would you put a thousand dollars down to win fifty bucks? Ole Miss does not win a national championship. Yeah, if I had a thousand dollars, I absolutely would. It's a free fifty dollars. Ole Miss can't. I mean, it's Oregon State did it in two thousand six, two thousand and seven, and South Carolina did it in 2010, 2011. Maybe yeah, 2010, 2011. Yeah, Oregon State and South Carolina have done it, which is crazy to me that two teams have done it since two thousand. And honestly, that might be the most impressive thing out of like the whole landscape since the super regional format was introduced is there's been two teams went back to back. I don't think I don't think it's gonna happen again for a long, long time. I, I, I can't think. I can't see it with with the teams like Arkansas from 2021 and Tennessee in 2022 not even get to Omaha. Bro, it's you to win it twice okay. in a row? If, let me ask you this. If Tennessee would have won the national championship last year, they wouldn't have. Really mood, what, do you think LSU having the offseason that they had, do you think people would still be like Tennessee is number one? Mm, that's, that's, how I, I, that's how I know preseason ranking are so bogus. Because if Tennessee would have won the national championship last year, returning Dolander, Burns, and Beam, they would be the preseason number one team. Yeah, I would. Yeah, hundred percent. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that's why I think preseason rankings are stupid. Because I mean, I don't even like making them. I don't pay any attention to them. Do they give me an idea of what other people are thinking about them? Absolutely. But what does last year have to do with this year? Nothing. So. Why Ole Miss is the top 10 team, I think, in the most ranking this year right now, preseason. If they didn't win the national championship, they might be a 18 to 25 in the ranking for preseason. Easily, yeah. And and same thing with – so I think it's a mixture between scouts and – let's just Roster say scouts. Yeah, let's just say right now scouts that, have, that watch guys play in summer ball and, and know their MLB potential and where they're going to get drafted. If you have a bunch of guys that are – projected to be first or second day draft picks, the 
the the teams are going to be ranked higher to start the year. But as we know, there's so many guys like the 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 MLB draft rankings are going to fluctuate so much this year because they do every year. You're going to have guys projected to be second rounders not get drafted until the 15th round. You're going to have guys that aren't even on draft boards get drafted in the first round. Um, Cade Horton? Cade Horton ring a bell? Yeah, Cade Horton from he's Oklahoma, right? He made a million dollars in the final three weeks of the season. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, his name just didn't sound right. Cade Horton is – yeah, that's his name. And uh, so, Or even like take somebody like – Ivan Melendez, who was already a superstar in college, he was projected to go in the 10th round last year preseason. And he ends up going, I think, in the early second round, made a couple million dollars, hit 32 homers. I I mean, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. He was a polished pro-ready hitter with not much projectability in terms of higher upside. You're well, getting what you you're you're getting what you see. You hit 32 so, homers in 62 games. Uh, I would draft you. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, are oh, and you he played play he it? played at Texas's field, which is a freaking graveyard. If he would have played at East Carolina yeah. or Mississippi State, just two cracker jack ballparks, um, like super super small fields, he would have hit 40. Yeah, so, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Give me. Give me just as we kind of ease into our our previewing the weekend before we get there. Give me a team that if someone gave you twenty bucks on that you would say. Basically, what I'm trying, what I'm asking, give me a team that you probably don't have faith in, or you're not sure about yet. Nobody else is talking about them, but you're like, you know what? Those 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 assholes are going to be in Omaha, or though that holes are going to be in a super regional. Do you have one off the top of your head? Yeah, no, I do. I think that, is that a listener? I mean, is that a Patreon question? Because I'm pretty sure somebody wrote that in. I have it on my note card here. I don't even have it open. Somebody, oh, somebody has surprise regional host. Uh, That's Dylan Moore wrote in surprise regional host. There was a question out there. Somebody wrote it in. I'm sorry, I don't have the name in front of me. But that is a a similar question to what somebody asked. And yeah, I think there's a team that maybe we call them like a pest, somebody that's going to hang around all year, just be difficult as hell to play against and find their way into Omaha. And I don't know if we're on the same wavelength or not, but if I gave you one hint, I think you may, I think you may get it. I, now I don't have a hint in my head right now. Hold on. I will give you how about this? I'll give you my team that I'm thinking, and we'll come, we'll get back, we'll circle back to you. Is yours like an extreme underdog, like non power five conference? Because mine is. Wait, what? Non power five team? Yeah, mine's a non power five team. I mean, but, is, it, is it a West Coast team? No. Non-power five team on the east, on like like southeast east. Oh no no no! I'm so sorry. They are a power five team, uh, dude. They're they are a power five team. They're they're not a traditional baseball school. I'm just gonna say it. Rutgers. I think Rutgers could easily just outslug their way 
to making an Omaha trip. And, and this feels like the year where, and by the way, I apologize to all the Rutgers fans. You guys are power five. I, in my head, I was thinking they weren't. I, think, I don't think that's, I don't think that's offensive to Rutgers fans. I think that is yeah. a major slap in the face to the big 10. Yeah. Right. And, but so Rutgers is going to have a lineup out there that's going to be able to hang with anybody. And this feels like the year, if there was a year, to get a, a very northern school back in back into the College World Series. We haven't seen anybody from the northeast. When I say northern, I mean northeast. There's all those Stony little Brook. tiny. Stony Brook, the last one. Yeah, Stony Brook's the only one, the only team from the northeast to make a College World Series. But what Rutgers has done, and there's another team in the northeast I want to talk about, probably on a different episode that I think can make a run. Um, but Dude, yeah, I don't. I think I think St. John's has made it plenty of time. No, not since the Super Regionals. St. John never made it to Omaha? Maybe before the Super Regional era. That oh, we call oh, it. oh, like in the past 25 years, 20, 25 years. Yeah, right. But anyway, so Rutgers is going to be a pain for anybody to play. Um, I'm not projecting them to go to Omaha, but I'm saying that you know how once you get into the Regionals, I mean, you got to have one or two arms that can, that can get people out. But... At the end of the day, after game two, it's all about who can produce produce runs. And you can only produce runs if you hit the ball out of the ballpark or split the gap, steal bases. And the more I look at their lineup, the, the more that they do all of those things. And so I think Rutgers can be a team that nobody's really talking about. They were the last team left out of the tournament last year. And it feels like the storyline is already written. They are coming in to the season with a chip on their shoulder. They had a unbelievable season last year and yeah. they get they get gypped out of the tournament and they're going to find their way into Omaha. I, I, at least I could see them using that as momentum to get themselves to Omaha this year and possibly even hosting a regional if their field is eligible. I do not know if I their field it. is eligible. You know who my team is? Um, if they're in the if they're literally the number 25 team in the country, can I can I still consider them kind of sleepers? Is it South Carolina or Oregon? Which one? Of them? I know they're oh, maybe. Uh, I think Oregon might be a scary surprise team this year. I was going through like they're going to be good. They might give Stanford a run for their money in the Pac-12. And, because... and you know what? And I could see that too. With and they've never been to the College World Series ever. I mean, I don't think ever because they just brought Never. their baseball team Their back. closest they ever came with Kent State got in the way. Didn't they? Their baseball team was shut down for a while, or maybe they didn't have baseball until the mid two thousands, right? Maybe twenty ten. And even? then right out of the gate, they were hosting a super against Kent State, where literally in extra ninth inning, eighth inning, ninth inning, tie ball game, mm-hmm. ball down the down the line, whatever. Um. Yeah, so Oregon had been really close. And they've never gotten in. And I think that team, dude, if you look at the past couple of years, Oregon State has been a thorn in their side in terms of those games were so are so crucial because they play those two midweek and then three-game series. Yeah, they, they play and each Oregon other a lot. Smacking them. Oregon, Oregon State's been smacking them for the most part. Um, so, And I think Oregon, I think that is a team that I'm like, Hmm. Not many people are talking about. Not many. No All American projections. Really, they're not really talking. They're not in any hosting projection. But I'm like, hey, that's a team. Hey, somebody, to- somebody from out west has got a host. 
I would. Probably. I'll go. I'll go on record. I would rather see Oregon host than Stanford. I would when, not mind that at all. I, I would not mind that at all. Something about Stanford hosting regionals just puts me to sleep. And you know what else? Oh, dude. Last year, last year was the first time I truly like was like, okay, I like Sunken Diamond. Like watching their regional super regional, I used to think their field was so boring and so lame, but they had a decent crowd. They were loud, and it felt like a it felt like a pretty like I don't want to say hostile, but it felt like a cool environment. So I I, I appreciate Sunken Diamond more now. Okay, I'll, I'll hopefully I'll get there too. I'm still a hater, still a hater there. Um, but anyway, yep, Oregon Duck guys, if you look at your team schedule and you see a super super tough early season schedule i think sometimes it's counterproductive sometimes people say oh they get ready for you know tougher game i think it i think it doesn't allow teams to learn their whole entire team when you have a super tough schedule because of course in your competitive nature you just play to win if you have you know a couple soft look kind of a soft schedule everybody gets to play Guy that you wouldn't expect to become big role, have a big role on your team, prove themselves in games that, you know, whatever, and they earn a role. And next thing you know it, they're playing a big role in your team, winning a conference tournament, a regional, whatever the case may be. In you May. know, you know, I don't know if I've ever said this on this show, but you know, that's why these round robin first couple weekend um, of the season, these tournaments are becoming so popular. More teams are wanting to play in them because think about it. And this is coming from, I want to say he's a head coach now in Division One baseball, but and he's from a northeastern northeastern school. But he likes to play these. I don't want to say preseason tournaments, but pre-conference play round robin tournaments, uh, because of three reasons. One, you get to figure out Reading how your team. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Just let me let me let me roll here. Let me cook here, Dimitri. So, yeah, yeah, hey, roll, spit, spit right now. Spit what you got to say. So he likes it because he gets to face different styles of teams. And every team has their own identity, whether you're gorilla ball, trying to hit the ball over the fence, you know, trying to, as your pitchers, trying to throw up in the zone, fastballs, you know, sliders down and away. You know, every team has their own identity because they recruit to that style. So you get to play multiple different styles of teams, right? You know, you might play Wofford one game. And you might play Southern Illinois the other game. Two completely different teams. And then, number two, it's a very much like a regional format in, in a way where you're not playing the same team back-to-back times. You play somebody else, and then you have to like reset, refocus, and then play the next team rather than being familiar with your opponents and trying to – and you kind of get – you fall into a lull. You see the same faces on the diamond, and you're like, man, tired of playing these guys. This is the third time this week. Um, and then three, it's neutral site, which only 16 teams get to host. And you can't be super comfortable on your home field because odds are you're not going to host, especially if you're at a smaller school. So you get to learn how to play in a neutral site um, where maybe you don't play against the home team with the big crowd, but you play against a different opponent uh, who's also playing at a, a neutral site. And they think it gets them ready for regionals better. When with all that said, I think in the next few years, we're going to start seeing a lot more of these uh, round robin tournaments going on down south where other teams that just are completely different styles. You'll get a Georgia Southern and a Missouri 
and, and a UCLA. Rutgers, UCLA and a Rutgers coming together and playing at you know the Brave Stadium, maybe the Braves, the Gwinnett Striper Stadium, and and I think that's where we're kind of heading towards for pre-conference play, a lot more tournaments to get teams ready, find who they are, find their own identity, find out who their starters are going to be, and so on. So thank you for letting me cook there. I will serve this plate of food that I just cooked right over to you. You can take the floor. I am all for tournaments. I am all for tournaments as long as the streaming quality of these tournaments is ESPN quality. (laughs) Right. Like Not flow sports. I mean, I think it's cliche and old hating on flow sport. It is what it is. Hey, call me flow a hater. Sport. I mean, no, no, don't call me a hater. I don't mind the flow sports broadcast. It's a it's a fine broadcast when they it's put it effort fine. in to get your the right camera angle. The camera angles are the problem with flow sports broadcast. They, yeah, the camera camera they angles go to globe are weird. life. They just stream from three thousand feet up, up from the the peak of Mount Everest. <laughs> And one behind outfield. So the outfield, the one behind center field is fine because Mm -hmm. you see the game. It's fine. The problem is they don't have good camera angles. And I'm sitting here like Texas. Have you ever watched the Texas Rangers game and seen that camera angle up there? No, no. So so who got, who in the hell got the idea? Let's let me go as high as I can and, and put a camera here. And I'm going to stand up here. Maybe he went up there so he can sit on his phone and just kind of have the camera there because he doesn't have to move that thing very much. That guy needs to be fired. Whoever made that decision. You're right, though. But, hey, I like their announcers. Their announcers are energetic and fun. Some people think they're boring. I think they're fine. They They, they have a great scoreboard or a score bug. I love looking at the scoreboard. Yeah, score bug. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the picture is clear. It's not fuzzy or anything. What what are you what are you expecting out of D one broadcast? Are you expecting like high end? Like this is sick? Like what are you expecting? I I have no idea what to expect. I'm expecting American Express to give me a call and be like, hey, uh, there was a purchase for twenty five dollars. Uh, is this and it's coming from D one something? I'm expecting a uh, my bank to give me a call and be like, what? Who who are you buying this from? What is this? I will say, I will say $25 for a weekend <laughs> and the weekend is pretty freaking outrageous. Yeah, it is expensive, but hey, they have some good talent there calling the games, but yeah, I'm also the expecting talent, my I, I, I'm also expecting my wife to be coming down the stairs being like, "Yo, <laughs> what'd you just spend $25 on?" And meanwhile, I'm like half a honestly, though, honestly half though, a bowl of popcorn though. down just just devouring honestly, though, from from a purely I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the guy that D one. I I will always I love them. I will support them. Anything like no, I have that's not the issue here. The issue here is you're telling me you guys couldn't you guys couldn't make it. You know, ten fifteen bucks because ESPN. I know ESPN is a self produced like by the school, so it that didn't really cost them anything. But so ten dollars, whatever, twelve dollars, fifteen dollars a month is for ESPN plus three. I understand D one's a self produce broadcast with a partner with all their media talent there but $25 to watch a weekend of baseball blows my mind and I I don't know if I can justify paying that <laughs> yeah I mean hey I'm gonna buy it just because that's I want to see is it that fair? yeah it's fair I'm gonna buy it and I'm gonna see how it is but hey I don't mind spending $25 I, I know it's a lot of money listen I'm not 
trying to shy away. $25 well, hey, for, for six games. One, I'm going to buy the second one, $25 each. So what? Yeah. And, but what, what you're doing is like, if you're D1, you got to make sure it's a great, like a great stream. You, the, you yeah. put a lot of pressure on yourself and you got to make sure it's great. You got to make sure the quality is, is up to par. Uh, and if they do everything right and it, and it turns out to be a, a badass, po- I mean, a, not a badass podcast, a badass production and everything's cool. Hey, I'm happy. Everybody else is happy. You're not going to get the flow sports treatment on social media um, of this just being labeled like that's awful. a great point. Yeah, if, if, I mean, if, if they if they come with a super fire, super legit product, I don't think you'll find many people mad about twenty five dollars. Yeah, for, they'll they'll spend it like and no big deal. But if it's a shitty one, oh boy, you're 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 asking for a trouble. You're in trouble, man. But y'all be nice to them over there at D1. And Rogers will become the hater of all team and the finesser of all Wallace. Yeah. I just can't wait to uh <laughs> hey, was that not good? Was that, that was good? <laughs> I'll, I'll give you some credit. That was pretty good. Um yeah, but I mean, anyways, let's move on to the actual baseball stuff. I'm looking at this note card. I wrote way too small. I was trying to fit everything like I was preparing for a test to cheat on. Um Let's let's go here. Let's talk about the uh, the State Farm tournament. I'm sure that's where a lot of our listeners want us to start. State Farm Invitational, or what do they call it? The State Farm Classic, the State Farm. I can't think of what they call it. State Farm College Classic. College Classic. Okay. Anyways, we got some heavy hitters in this one. Got some heavy hitters, and the I don't know. I mean, this is a good tournament it's it's very similar to like the shriners college classic in uh in houston they kind of took the same structure six teams coming in you know three games a day for for three days and they play it indoors that's the main thing the weather's supposed to be really cold this weekend a lot of places meanwhile they're gonna be playing in 70 degrees air conditioning and i actually have gotten a lot of people saying they're going to that uh going to that tournament and I, I guess they crown a winner if somebody goes three and zero, they'll they'll crown a winner and give them a trophy. Or if there's tiebreakers and stuff, I don't really know how they do it, but somebody's going to win the tournament. And somebody's going to go home with the trophy. I mean, I think. like UCLA, UCLA won the uh, the Shriners in Houston last year. Yeah, based off of a tiebreaker as well. Um, if you go two and one, you have a great chance at um, two and one. Low, I don't know, runs allowed probably. Uh, I mean, that would be my best guess. Kind of like travel yeah. ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, freaking sixteen-year-old UTSA BPA World Series tiebreaker rules. But let's talk about this tournament. Globe Life. I I personally like the the one in Minute Maid Park in Houston way more than this tournament. I grew up going there. I, I've been to over fifteen of those things in Houston, but the Shriner is way better than the College Classic. But the teams are not usually as good. Like the, the State Farm Classic, this is their third year doing State Farm College Baseball, College Classic, whatever you want to call it. I will never get the name right. It says College Baseball Showdown Globe Life Field. That's what it's telling me right here. Anyways, they usually yeah, get better I, teams. They, I mean, it's usually three SEC teams, three Big 12 teams. Um, the, the Houston College Classic is um, kind of a mix. Sometimes you'll get University of Houston, you'll get Rice, you'll get – the Raging Cajuns, um, you get Hawaii's been in it. Doesn't it feel like a better product in terms of it, 
Yeah, I think they, well, they just have been doing it for so long. This is their 24th, 25th time doing it in Houston. This is only Arlington's third. But anyway, so the teams in this tournament, you, you have some heavy hitters. You have some brand names. You look at Arkansas, which is right down the road. They're going to bring a whole slew of people there. University of Texas and TCU. TCU is really close. Um, Texas is pretty close as well. And Oklahoma State's not too far. So that's five of the teams within, I don't know, four hours of a drive. Um, not bad at all. And then Missouri, I don't know how far that drive is, but I'm assuming Missouri is going to have oh, by the way, Oklahoma State is pretty, pretty close to Dallas. Yeah, that's what I said. Like they're all within, I don't know. I'm not really good with geography, not, not geography, logistics. Five hours. Yeah, within five hours. So there's going to be good fans. There's going to be fans from all of them there. And, uh, and really, I think this is going to come down to – I could see – actually, I could honestly see all six of these teams winning it. Nobody knows how good Missouri is going to be. Everybody's labeled them as like the bottom feeder of the SEC, the worst team by far. Shoot, dude, we don't know. We don't know what they have. They they're, they're, Come on. We, we have an idea. Just just look at the past 10 years. It's historical data. No, I know. But with with the transfer portals and they've gotten a lot of JUCO transfers – we don't know what kind of talent they have on the field. I know on paper we know what they look like, but you could say the same thing about the other five teams. We're we're hey, listen, I'll tell you this. We're eyeball, we're an eyeball podcast. We use the eyeball test. We don't we don't go and do these fall. We let the, the college baseball insiders and the scouts tell us what to think on paper. But until we see it, you and me, we've always been this way. Until we see it on the field, we can tell if a team is good or not. And who knows? Missouri might go out there and go two and one, and we scratch our heads, and everybody's going, "Huh, that's that's pretty good." You know, they just beat two two of the top three Big Twelve teams. Let's uh, let's maybe give Missouri some respect. So they could easily do that. Don't get me wrong, but if I had to pick a champion, I think it comes down to either TCU or Vanderbilt. Um, no offense to Arkansas fans, I. I think Arkansas is still going to be good, even though they had the heartbreaking news of the UCL once again, of Jackson Wiggins going down for the year. Uh, their, their pitching staff is still going to be loaded and they'll still be fine. But I, I, I think Vanderbilt and TCU, their styles fit this ballpark a lot better. It's a, it's a big ballpark. They're going to hit gap to gap. Um, they're going to steal bases. And I think they're going to, I think it's going to come down to one of those two. And if I had to pick a winner, I'm going to say TCU. TCU to win the college baseball showdown at Globe Life. Um, I think. I think this tournament. You remember last year, Texas rolling into Houston. They were they were the number one team in the land. They had all the swag. They had all the drip. They had everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and they played like it for the most part. They played like it too. Like they, this team was freaking good. Um, they even beat Tennessee. Yep, that was one of Tennessee's only losses. The first, what did they go thirty-two and one? We just looked Third, it up. 30, 30, 33 and one, I believe. Yeah. So, um, but for this tournament, obviously, turn the page, Dimitri. Turn the damn page. It's twenty twenty-three. Missouri, they might have a good weekend here and there. But at the end, at the end of the season, they will not be in a regional. We both know that. Oklahoma State. I'm excited to see Juwan Watts Brown transfer from Long Beach. 
that guy hate that guy stepping up to the big show no yeah he's you're not playing you're not playing in the comfortable button down hawaiian shirt weather of of central california you're gonna, oh. you're, gonna you're gonna face the big boys now this is a yeah, regional yeah. environment he's telling the rubber he's telling the rubber big game but i'm i'm I th- Vanderbilt, I'm not sure how I feel about Vanderbilt this year. I'm not like 100% sure. It's kind of like this team could be really good. This team could also just be a, another SEC team. You know what hey, I mean? That's that's what Tim Corbin wants everybody to think. That's what he wants. I mean, he's okay with that. He doesn't want the spotlight in the beginning of the year. He doesn't want to have to deal with what he had to do with, like deal, uh, with Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter and all the attention on them. He wants a team that's going to fly under the radar and just win the damn ball game. That's all he yep. wants. He, he and yep. I, I, I'm, I'm actually talking myself into more Vanderbilt. But, I'm going to be betting a lot on Vanderbilt this year. I, I think they're one of the sleeper teams, which is weird gonna, to say. You're going to do what? I think I'm going to like throughout the season when Vanderbilt is playing these Friday night games, oh, Saturday yeah, games, yeah, I'm going to be betting a lot on Vanderbilt, not a lot of money, but a lot of the time I will be taking Vanderbilt. Yeah. Hey, by the way, my pick, I know you all have been waiting for this, but I'm going to go with Arkansas to win this tournament. Hey, they might've lost Jackson Wigan, but I think this team can win this tournament. And if, if it's not Arkansas, Oklahoma state, those are my two teams. One or the other winning this tournament, but my official pick is Arkansas. Would you be surprised if Texas won it? Yes, I would. I think I would be too. If, if think, Texas, if Texas won this round robin tournament and showed three games, uh, in three different games that they have to the pieces to rebuild what they lost last year, I would tip a cap and and I would think they're a legitimate national championship contender. Right now, I don't have them there on the spectrum of national championship contender. I think they can still win the Big Twelve. Um, but they would really, really so, turn. I, I they would really so. turn my head. Like I would, I would do a 180 on Texas if they came out and uh, and won this tournament. I, I think I'd be a big believer in them. I think Texas is one of those teams that they're not going to be good that good in the beginning. They might be decent, but I think they're they could have a chance if everybody developed, everybody buys in their roles, everybody gets a lot of experience and grows up fast and experiences fast. This Texas team could be one of those teams that is really good in May when their freshmen aren't really freshmen anymore. Mm-hmm. When their sophomores with not much playing time are quote unquote junior. Hey, do you, do you remember back in like the um, early 2010s when we were in high school? Um, you remember how Texas kind of went through a slow patch in baseball? They weren't winning national championships. Of course they went in 2009 and lost in the national championship series to LSU, but they went through like a cold stretch of not like really contending for national championships. I don't even know. I think maybe they had one Omaha appearance during then, but Texas did something that uh, I think might start happening again. Texas was recruiting all of these first round draft picks, right? And they were um, like high school, the top high school kids in the nation. They would sign these huge recruiting classes of just, equivalent to five-star players if, if there was a star system in college baseball recruiting they would have had nine five-star recruits and they would lose their whole rec- recruiting class to um, to the draft everybody would sign two three million dollar you know first round second round draft picks um, and they would be stuck with like basically i mean still really good high school players but 
not what like TCU was getting, not what Texas A&M was getting at the time. And that's why they weren't as successful. But they finally now have gotten it to get these kids on campus, these big high school, mostly Texas players, these Texas high school baseball studs, getting them on campus. And like that's why, like that's why we saw them go to the College World Series a few different times recently, uh, because those kids like grew up in the system. They were third, fourth year players, and I mean, I'm sure they have a wave of guys coming up this year that maybe aren't ready this year, but next year and two years from now, like, Texas will be all the way back. Like they have a great pipeline going right now. Uh, interesting, so. interesting take. Um, yeah, I mean, all in all, this tournament. Great, hey, great tournament to get the, the season started. Um, that's for damn sure. Missouri and Oklahoma State play at noon, um, noon central, which I'm pretty sure one o'clock Eastern. Um, yeah. So hey, you're 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 finishing up your lunch break tomorrow. There's a good game to start watching if that's um if you got nothing else to do or you got oh you some- that reminds me the first game of the season is 10 a.m. Eastern time. It's 10 a.m. Eastern time, so 9 a.m. Central time, and it's VCU debuting oh, yeah. the new Perfect head coach. I was supposed to start up – I was supposed to say this at the very beginning of the show, but VCU is playing Middle Tennessee State, 9 a.m. in Conway, South Carolina, which is only about like an hour and a half from where I'm at in South Carolina. I might – dude, I might just stay up all night and just drive up there. 10 a.m., get there, get there at 10, watch some VCU versus Middle Tennessee State. First pitch of the, the season. First game after the Sean Stifler era for the Commonwealth Ram. Um, Middle Tennessee. By, by the way, Middle Tennessee was kind of had a, a decent finish to the 2022 season. They were they were holding their own pretty well in the in the um conference. I mean Sun Belt. Yeah. No, in Middle Tennessee State, they have some of the coolest Wait, hats. Hold on. Why do you, why am I doing this to myself? They're in they're in the Sun Belt, right? No, they're in Conference USA. Oh, Conference USA. I knew that. Yeah. Conference USA. Yeah. Um, they held their own. They they made they had a, like a three week stretch where they were hot. They won a couple big games against Coastal and other, but so not a bad, not a bad um two teams to start the year. Yeah. I mean it's uh it'll be fun. And I think it's broadcast on ESPN plus. Pretty sure. Um, but anyway, some other big series or yeah, let's go to the tournaments here. We have the uh, the one in Arizona that I dude, you could give me a hundred guesses. I always forget what it's called. It's the the Desert Classic. Is that what it's called? Um, the MLB tournament. That's what I call MLB it. Desert Classic. Um, it's got Tennessee, Arizona, um, Grand Canyon, maybe MLB Desert Invitational is Michigan, Fresno State, Tennessee, Arizona. Is it Michigan or Michigan Michigan, San Diego? I think it's Michigan State. Yep. Fresno State, Michigan State, San Diego, Grand Canyon. And then Tennessee, Arizona? And Michigan, yep. Wow. That's a big tournament. And like Tennessee, Arizona is going to be a good one. Tennessee, Grand Canyon, they play against each other. That's going to be a good one. Um, And hey, Grand Canyon's both one. Like we, we like, we both like them to be a surprise mid-major team, come out of nowhere and, and possibly make it to Grand Canyon. Oh, yeah. yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I would love to see Grand Canyon Tennessee duke hey. out on Saturday. Hey, so I was looking at all these teams' schedules in this tournament. Mo- 
everybody either got Tennessee or in Arizona or Grand Canyon. They either they usually got two of the three, right? Mm-hmm. You see, San Diego got all of them. <laughs> the Tritons, Grand Canyon for Michigan Friday, uh, Saturday, Tennessee Sunday, and Arizona Monday. Hey, oh Ben uh, disappeared. That damn Wi-Fi. All right, so my computer just crashed. Not really, but my Chrome. Maybe you should put some of that Patreon money to a better damn, better freaking Wi-Fi. It's not my Wi-Fi. If anybody knows anything about proxy settings, there's some kind of proxy virus or something that I have where I I don't know. I looked it up one time, and I have to unclick something, and... If I don't, then it'll appear and then it'll shut down my Chrome like every hour or every two hours. It's stupid. Wait, um, what? Yeah, dude, I don't know. I don't even know what a proxy setting is, but I have to go to like Chrome preferences, proxy settings, unclick something, and then press apply for my Chrome to just continue to work. That, it's so stupid. To, to keep your Wi-Fi connection. No, it's not my Wi-Fi. It'll shut my whole Chrome down. My Wi-Fi is oh. still good. Your it's your Chrome, not your internet. Yeah. Weird. Well, maybe you can join the desktop PC world like me. Yeah. In hopefully. the near future. Anyways, where, before I before I got cut off, where did uh, where did we leave off? Grand Canyon. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Well, I was in the middle of talking about how. Go ahead. San Diego is about to go own four in this tournament. Yeah, but I mean, if you're them, that's cool. Like, hey, we got to play against Arizona, Tennessee, right, anyway, Grand Canyon. Anyway, let's, let's get the, the show. Wait, are we live back yet? Yeah, we're still recording. I know, but are you going to put this in the episode? No, I mean, I'm putting this part in the episode. You're keeping this part? <laughs> yeah, why not? What? Whatever. Whatever, dude. Now, people, now I'm clueless. Anyway, yep, you see San Diego, 0-4, smell ya. Thanks for coming. Thanks for playing. Hey, if you're Grand Canyon, do you save your best arm on Friday? I mean, on Friday to pitch them or pitch him against Tennessee on Saturday? I think you do. I don't know, dude. You got you got to get your rotation set in order and no, get consistency. You, you got to get consistency. I mean, dude, you got to get a routine. You got to get your schedule down, stuff like that. But selfishly i want the best i want the best baseball so yeah save save your guy throw him saturday against tennessee by the way i don't know how this tennessee team might be one of the best number two teams in the country i've seen in recent memory on yeah no doubt i mean they return three abs excuse me i have hiccups now um three absolute in baseball Friday, Saturday, Sunday. This is up there with Kumar and Lighter and better. Uh, I, I can't. I don't I, I can no, better. I don't think you can say better. I do not think they you can were say so. Better. They were so freaking good. Even the Trevor Bauer, Garrett Cole at UCLA. Like, I I know it's hard to say now because it's easy to say Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer at UCLA with unbelievable because they're both you know big league arms. But five years from now. Dolander, Chase Chase Byrne could be number three starters in the big one. Yeah, I mean Dolander's going to go number one or number two overall if he stays healthy. 
Chase Burns, Drew Beam, those two guys are going to be first round draft picks when their time comes. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a this is going to be a really good. And then of course they have the bullpen pieces. But anyways, I like I still think Tennessee is going to have a better season than LSU. That's one of my hot takes. Um, I, I, I for it's some not a reason, hot take, dude. It's not a hot take anymore because we have established that we both like Tennessee more. So it's not even a hot take anymore. Okay. It's just so hard to to coach a team like with that many superstars that LSU has. I know it, I mean, I've never done it, but it has to be hard to keep all the egos in check. Everybody focused on one goal, not the money, but you know, the, the national championship. And I know we, we talked about it last episode, so I'm not going to dive into it, but Hey, where are we going with this? Hold on. Let me just take it. Let me take a 10 second timeout. How did we get down a, a rabbit hole of Tennessee and LSU comparing them? We got to stop. Yeah, I don't know why. It's natural. <laughs> I don't know why. Yep, you're right. You are 100% right. I don't know why we're comparing these two teams. It's, it's what we're going to be doing all year. It's, it's, it's just the way it is. Yeah. But, hey, this Arizona team, I want to see what they have because I think they can be pretty good this year. Yeah, I led think by Chase Davis, your boy swaggiest left-handed swing in all of baseball. Is everybody named Chase? I mean, Tennessee has two Chases that we just said. Chase, Chase Davis is there. Chase, 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 Chase. Mississippi Chase. has all the Tanners down there. Anyway, yep. Another good tournament. I'm going to pick Tennessee to win this tournament. I mean, I'm not yeah, going to think one. Yeah, me too. Um, all right, let's do some uh, – let's do our – do you want to do listen? I mean, Patreon questions, or do you want to do weekend series pick them right now? I'll leave it up um, to you. We can – hey, by the way, there was one series before we get into our pick that is not in our pick that I think is a pretty um, – Can I guess? Can I guess? I know what it is. Virginia Tech at Charleston, College of Charleston. That's what, uh, When somebody made that chart that had, like, games to watch, um, interesting game to then quad screen, whatever, I, don't, I, I just saw it in the, our Discord. Hey, by the way, a little self-promotion here. You're, if you're not in the Discord, you're missing out. I think we're we're close to you know seventy five hundred people in that Discord, and it's just baseball talk. We got different channels. You can you know talk betting, gambling with other fans, talk just talk shop about whatever the hell you want. People share all kinds of cool stuff we find on the internet. Um, so hey, yeah, cool place to be. Dollar yeah. ninety nine if you just want Discord access. If you don't want any of our competition. No big deal. Discord will get your money's worth in terms of information, entertainment, and make new friends. Yeah. Hey, the, I, I wasn't going to be a big believer in Discord. I, I was like, ah, I don't know if we should do it, this and that. I'm so glad we did it because it's just a – I mean, it's a college baseball group message. And if you don't want to just talk college baseball, you want to talk gambling, we have a channel for that. It's really cool. Hey, and we're in it too. We're, in, we're it too. in it too. And it, it's a lot of fun. We get to meet some people and uh, interact with them. It's just – it's kind of like Twitter, but instead of replying to tweets, we're just replying to messages. Uh, big fan of the Discord. Anyways, um, so yeah, back I mean, to my point. Back yeah, to Virginia point. Tech, Virginia Tech at College of Charleston could be the uh, an easy upset this weekend because Virginia Tech, although they had an incredible season last year, they they have they're not going to sneak up on teams it. anymore. They're not going to sneak up on teams anymore. They they they've built a brand for themselves. And they're going to get Charles, the College of Charleston's best efforts, and they're going to get you know, everybody in the ACC's best efforts. 
and we'll, we'll see if they're for real. We'll see if they've uh, if they can build on what they did last year. Hey, hey, they've got the hitting to do whatever they want. The pitching question mark wait hashtag wait to see. Yeah, um, I should go to that series. One other theory. One other theory that I just wanted to point out um, before we got going. Ben doesn't like the series. We discussed it, but I do think the Maryland South Florida series could be decent. South Florida, not supposed to be very good, could be decent. Um, and then last but not least. I like UC Irvine Tulane. Louisiana at Rice. We'll see what those owls I'm have. Just, I'm just waiting for the day the Rice is good again. I don't think it'll ever happen. I don't think it's going to happen either. They're so far disconnected maybe, from the game. Maybe a one-hit wonder single year, like – they somehow get lucky with a bunch of really good players. They're all old at the same time, and they have a great, great season. That's about that's about all you're going to get. We're not going to see a dynasty out of Rice any, ever again. Just I don't, reality. I don't think Rice cares about baseball anymore. I don't yeah, think the no. the people in the upper echelon of the the athletic department and even in the school, I don't think they care about baseball anymore. Last series that I have to point out: Wichita State at Long Beach. Love that series. That's a mid '90s or '80s. That 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 is college baseball to its T. Like, at least for me, if I think '80s, '70s, '80s, and '90s college baseball, Wichita State, Long Beach State are two teams <laughs> that just jump out in my head. Like, yes, they were really good back then, and they're they're both usually not very hey, good, but they could be this year. You're going to learn a lot about your Big Ten preseason pick to win the conference. Four games at San Diego. Easily can go one and three in that in that series. Nebraska, like that's a great series because San Diego's strong. They're going to be strong this year. They're strong Nebraska, every year. What I said, they're strong every year. San Diego's always really good. Yeah. So, and of course, hey, I'm super pumped. I love Cal State Fullerton this year, and they go they host Stanford at home to open the season. I'll learn a lot. Um, I mean. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to put too much stock into opening weekend, but I like to overreact. That's what we're a pot, college baseball podcast. We like to come on that, here and overreact. That series reminds me a lot of Long Beach State going to Mississippi State last year. And I think, yep. And, and I, Long Beach State ended up winning that series and then didn't have a very good year after that. Everybody thought they were going to be unreal and this and that. Well, both teams were, were shit. Yeah, well, they were both bad. But I, I kind of get the same vibes. I know Fullerton and Stanford are still like relatively close to each other, um, I guess, speaking. But if Fullerton can go in there and win two out of three against Stanford, that's going to get the attention on them. People are going to be like, oh. And I know you're going to be just rubbing it in my face oh my during God. the next podcast. I pray Cal State Fullerton is a freaking monster of a team this year so I can look so damn smart. Please <laughs> just make me look so smart one time. Uh, yeah, uh, just once. That's all we need. Uh, anyways, let's do our weekend series pick them uh, and our survivor picks here. We're already an hour and 15 minutes. This is hilarious because before the show, I was like, Dimitri, let's just keep it concise. Let's make it short. Hour, hour 15. Let's not go longer. I mean, this is going to be a two-hour podcast. Whatever. It's not three hours like no, the other two episodes. Think, oh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe 45, whatever. We're here for the people. Yeah. Um, so we can series pick them. Let's start here. 
with Rutgers at Campbell. Uh, this one is one of the most intriguing series for me uh, because Campbell had their team last year. I feel like last year was their team, but some people are saying even though they lose Zach Neto, they might be better this year. They might be a more complete team, and Cade Cooler's throwing Friday night, and he's got some of the best stuff in the country. Um, but here comes Rutgers, a team that – so I'll tell you a little in, – not insider info. I'll tell our listeners something that I've noticed um, with Northern teams early in the year, and I think Dimitri would agree with me. These Northern teams early in the year – absolutely mash baseballs because all they do in the off season when there's snow on the ground is go into the, the indoor facilities and they crank that pitching machine up to 95 miles an hour. And they just sit in there in the box and just hit, 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 hit nonstop. Now the pitching and defense is going to be a struggle. Um, it's, it, it's going to be a struggle for Rutgers. I expect this series to be very high scoring, but when it comes down to it, I'm going to take the high scoring team that, that I think has one of the best players in the in the country with Rutgers, uh, Lesko from Rus- oh, okay. Rutgers. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. And I'm I'm going to take Rutgers here, and it hurts me because I always pick the Camels, but I think Rutgers ends up winning this series in an absolute slugfest. Um, if Campbell wins, Kuehler start Friday night. You might be in trouble. And I might be in trouble as well because I am rolling with Rutgers as well. Um, God dang it. I think this team, I think this is the revenge. This is day one, episode one, season one of Rutgers Revenge Tour. I think if their manager, if their man, I said manager, it's a, it's a big pro term. That's not a college term. Their head coach did his job correctly and effectively. He has that team hungry to win ball games this year. Like I hope his message all off season was they don't respect you. They don't respect you. Make them respect you. Don't leave no doubt. Leave no doubt for all 56 games because when it comes to selection show Sunday, if you give them one inch of doubt, they will not pick you. They will not put you in the tournament. And if that was his message all year, every freaking game matters. Leave no doubt. This record team is going to win 45 games minimum this year. They did it last year, and they'll probably do it again this year. So we're on the same page, which is never a good thing. Usually we go when everybody picks the same, we we, we lose it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty confident in Rutgers. It was probably my second most confident out of the out of the six series. The next one here is is kind of tough as well, just because there's so many unknown factors with one of these teams. Um, but we have West Virginia at Georgia Southern and Georgia Southern is probably thinking they're, they probably are praising their athletic department for not scheduling Tennessee again uh, to open the year like they did last year and the year before. But um, Georgia Southern returns a lot of pieces. And if you listen to the last episode, you know how, how high myself and Dimitri are on the Eagles. Um, Georgia Southern to me is on the right track to make it to Omaha. And I didn't pick them to go to Omaha, but they have the right pieces with the pitching, the experience. Um, and I, I think they sweep West Virginia. I really do. I think West Virginia is not going to be ready what they're going to see because Georgia Southern can just beat you in so many different ways. 
one of our previous episodes, I said West Virginia could be a sleeper to make some noise in the Big Twelve, but I I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm going to hold myself to that statement. I mean, is because, Alec Manoa pitching Friday nights again? Like, what made you say that? Because I think Georgia Southern is a very good baseball team, and I'm rolling I'm rolling with Georgia Southern this weekend. Um, but I would not be surprised if West Virginia won this series. If West Virginia wins this series, that would be as big of a statement as pretty much anybody else in the country could make in my eyes. Unless a Missouri wins the, the State Farm Showdown or somebody like Arizona sweeps through their tournament. If, if Cal State Fullerton beats Stanford, that's a statement. Book it. Okay. Mark it. I'm going to roll with it. If, but if West Virginia wins this series against Georgia Southern, because I don't think Georgia Southern's bad. I think they're very, very good. And that would show me a lot more about West Virginia than it would Georgia Southern. Agreed. But anyways, um, next series here, I'm doing this off of memory. Um, is it Cal at Houston? Yes, sir. All right. So Cal at Houston. I was I was having a lot of trouble with this series. I was going back and forth. Because part of me is like, hey, Houston's back, baby. Houston is here. Uh, they've they've struggled last year. They were bad. And you know, the more I read up on the team, I'm like, hey, they have they have what it takes now to compete for an American. Who, who Houston or Cal? Houston, Houston, Houston. I'm talking about Houston. They have some veterans there. They got guys that hit for power. They have guys that can. Uh, I mean, they they have some dudes out of the bullpen throwing mid mid to upper nineties. And, and I feel like this is a Houston team that's either going to exceed expectations so high and, you know, be a two seed in a regional, maybe win the American, who knows, or they're just going to be a total, total failure, total letdown, a 22 win team. And, and I don't know, egg on my face, but I'm believing in the Cougars right now. I'm a Houston guy. I want, I hope they win this series just so that they can just be back and the American Athletic Conference can have a second presence to fight with East Carolina throughout the regular season and postseason. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Cougars here. I don't give a shit if Houston's terrible. I picked UCF to win the American. So I hope Houston is shit. I hope they suck. <laughs> I hope they suck. Yada, yada, yada. Give me the Cal Golden Bears. Let's get the season off right. I think Houston will be firing Todd Whiting at the end of the year if they don't have a successful season. Um, I think him, I think there's a standard at Houston that needs to be reached and they haven't been reaching it recently. And yeah, um, that's the truth. Years. And I'm not going to, I don't want to stay here and just start the Jeff fire, Jeff Whiting. Like I don't know. It's witting. It's witting. Saying. If you, yeah, it's witting, but I'm saying if he doesn't have a good year, We'll we'll learn about how much Houston wants to win on the diamond. Yeah. Hey, dude, it wasn't because, too long ago that they were hosting a regional. Twenty. I mean, what was that? Six, seven years ago. Twenty fifteen, they hosted a regional with, boy, um, Houston Baptist, Louisiana, and Texas A and M, maybe Texas Tech. A and M. A and M was there. Yeah, I think it was Texas A and M. Yeah, they hosted yep, a regional. They were good. They were really good. And Houston used to remind me of like Louisiana Lafayette. Oh, you don't have to say Lafayette anymore. They're just Louisiana now. I know they are, but I'm calling them by the name (laughs) that they used to be referred to. When they were the number one team in the country, 
They were the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajun. And yeah, they were the most roided up team. By the way, that's the, that's just pure speculation. I have no no source, no information to back up that claim. They all looked Clear. like the Liver King. They just had these but giant beards and muscles. Bearded up, roided up, hit absolutely, just absolutely raked. Good friend. Um, I don't want to say good friend of mine, but a former teammate, um, great dude, hit uh, Robichaux, played played a year with him. Um, awesome dude. He was the Friday night guy on the team, um, and he told me story like he they were they just walked up to the park and they knew they were going to win. They rolled into the Sun Belt tournament and they were just like, "We know we're going to win this tournament." Like yeah. it wasn't like, "Oh my god, I, I hope we win. I want to make regional." It was like. We have bigger and better things to worry about, but we're going to win this tournament before we get to regional. And it was just like, dude, this team's unbelievable. Um, <laughs> so I, I think that's that's what Houston can be. Yeah, I mean, oh, they, I mean they, hopefully, Houston can be good. But give me Cal Golden Bears. A lot of information just to pick Cal. Yeah, um, the next series is Liberty at Southern Miss. Is that right? Incorrect. Yes, that's correct. Oh, okay. Um, Hey, this is this is I'm gonna throw in my survivor here because I, like I said, I'm dying on this sword. I think Southern Miss makes it to Omaha this year. Um, I think they just say, Hey, screw it, Hurston Waldrip. We don't need you. We'll replace you. We got our guy Tanner Hall throwing Fridays. And I, I, I love Southern Miss. And I hey, don't get me wrong, I like Liberty a lot Matthew, this year. What about Matthew Etzel? And Matthew Etzel, the transfer, the JUCO transfer, one of my golden spikes picks. Um, I think that the Southern Miss team is complete. I think there is a good chance that they win the Sun Belt, even though I think Georgia Southern is probably going to end up winning it. Uh, not because Southern Miss is bad, but just because they're two just juggernauts there. Um, but I like I like Liberty a lot this year, but I will save that for later in the season. I'm going to go Southern Miss and my survivor is Southern Miss. Southern Miss has to win two out of three at home yeah. against Liberty. They have to. One thing to say that I've been thinking about: How the hell is big hit Danny Lynch still at Southern Miss? I feel how like he's still in there college? for the past ten years. <laughs> I think I mean, he was on the Danny 09. Lynch. I think he was on the 09 College World Series team. What? Oh, no, the 09 was a joke. Yeah. It was, by it by the way, joke. that was Brian Dozier's team. Oh yeah, I know. Um, but. Danny Lynch would at Southern Miss in 2019, our first year of this podcast. Yeah. Like Danny Lynch's college career is as old as this podcast. And this it's podcast nice. isn't really new anymore. No. So not new. he's been there a hot minute. Um, I don't think Liberty goes back to back years with big, loud opening weekend series wins. I'm, it's like flipping a coin. We had heads last year. I'm rolling with tails this year. Give me Southern Miss. I think Liberty will have a very good year. I think they got some good transfers. They have good guys coming back. My one of my really good friends is a Liberty alum, played at Liberty. He texts me every time I pick against Liberty and says I'm not loyal. Um, so to that, Southern Miss win. Love that. Have we agreed on everything? No, you took Cal. I took Houston. All right, nice. Um, hey, it's the next series here. This is probably going to be a majority of people's survivor picks. It's Indiana at Auburn. Um, and I love Auburn this this series. I don't love them throughout the regular season in the SEC. I think they're going to finish 
eighth or ninth, uh, even though they went to Omaha last year. But I mean, Auburn should win this series. They should sweep this series. But the reason why this is not my survivor is I could totally see this new Auburn team, a lot of new faces around there. Um, I could see them slipping up opening weekend and you know, getting an Indiana team that's going to be much better than last year's team uh, coming in, fired up. Auburn could lose a couple of these games. They could. I, and I'm not going to fall on that. I'm not going to fall on Auburn's sword because I, I'm not a huge believer in them this year. And, Damn it, Ben. You've got me over here questioning everything right now. Go ahead. But, like, couldn't you see, you know, you look on Sunday, you know, look through the box scores or whatever, and you're like, dang, Indiana won two of these games. Wow. You know, Auburn, maybe Auburn kind of sucks. But I mean, I also totally at, the end, at the end of the day, you could see Auburn winning 19 to 3, 11 nothing, and 17 to 2. I could see that happening. I can, no, it's going to be, it's going to be what could happen typically. It could be like a 7 to 2, 7 to 3 game tomorrow night. Saturday will be your tight, hard fought 3 to 2 win. And then mm-hmm. Sunday blowout central blowout. yeah. on either way. But um, yeah, so go ahead. Uh, my pick is Auburn. Uh, I'm pretty confident at that. I think a lot of people are going to make that their survivor. I, I'm so scared. There's, I'm so scared. I can visualize it right now. Auburn and Indiana split Friday, Saturday. And I'm like, okay, good, cool. No big deal. Auburn will win the series. No big deal. I look at I watching the game, looking at the box score, whatever. Three nothing Indiana in the first, and I'm just like, holy shit, dude! <laughs> damn it, damn it, damn it, dude! Like I can totally see that happening. My whole Sunday mood's ruined, and I'm pissed off, and um, whatever. But give me Auburn. But damn it, Auburn, I swear if they 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 screw me over, we're gonna have problems. Yeah. All right. So the last one here is uh, I'm gonna complete the Southern trifecta, the Southern parlay. It's Wofford hosting Southern Illinois, and I'm taking Southern Illinois for the pure fact. I mean, this is a toss-up for me, but for the pure fact, if I took Georgia Southern, Southern Miss, might as well take Southern Illinois, the Southern trifecta. Give me all three Southern teams. Let's ride, Southern. Um, So, yeah, I mean, Southern Illinois can really hit. We've known that. That's their identity. They always start the season red hot. They always start the season 15-0 and or – 17 and one. This is a team that knows how to win early. And I mean, Wofford's a big rival of mine. So I'm not well, going to pick I Wofford. Guess, I guess all roads lead to Southern, wherever Southern may be, because I'm on the train with you. I am rolling with Southern Illinois. Great. So we have five out of our six picks agreeing. It's going to come down to Houston or Cal. That's our, like, between our little competition. Who's going to win the series, Houston or Cal? And that's going to yep. be who um, between you and me. Who's going to be in first place? Yeah, I think I think Wofford is going to be good. I think they're going to be a SoCon good team, and I know you know exactly what I mean. Yep. They're going to be an average team out of conference, but they're going to be a very good SoCon team. Yep. If you guys don't know what I mean, there's a lot of teams and a lot of conferences around the country. They're horseshit out of conference. But they strap up the cleat and they get ready to play ball when it comes conference time. I mean, you you see it all the time. It's a terrible out of conference record and then a phenomenal in conference record. And they're, you know, a 36 win team, 35 win team. 
and you're just like, this team's not that good. Yeah. Oh, they're good when they when they have time to play for that conference title. Yep. So let, let's do this here. Let's let's how many people let's say we have a hundred people in this weekend series pick them. How many people go six and oh? Little prediction time. You know what? Because looking at these series, if let's just say someone goes Rutgers, Georgia Southern. Who is the favorite? I mean, the, 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 let's see. Does uh, the DraftKings have odds up for the Cal? Um, let's see. Let's see if DraftKings has a line for the Houston. You're not supposed okay. to say that. You're not supposed to say DraftKings. <laughs> we can say DraftKings. We literally talked to them about you can mention other lines when – talking about stuff when we are lined or up or whatever we can absolutely oh, yeah, circa talk. you're right circa doesn't have lines up yet but they'll be yeah. up friday um, friday yep but anyway cal is the favorite minus 155 tomorrow night in houston the 135 dog so vegas like cal yeah that's interesting oh. i wouldn't have expected that hmm. i mean houston's the home team i would have expected Vegas to kind of side with the home team, but maybe it's just a conference thing. By the way, this is the first time I'm looking at these, so I love my pick even more. Maybe I hate it even more. But, yep. So, I, I, anyway, back to what I was trying to say was six and oh, if someone goes, if someone goes Rutgers, Georgia, Southern Cal, the favorite. Southern Miss, Auburn, and I don't, honestly, is that Wofford game on there? I didn't see it. Um, no, it's not. It's not on there. No. So I mean, honestly, i i would I would assume that Wofford is the favorite against Southern Illinois. So I mean, no, I, I think five and one is your best bet. I don't you don't, so you don't think anybody goes six and zero? I think there might be one person goes six and zero. I really do. You know what? Yeah, you're right. I think one one per one or two people go six and zero just out of pure luck. They clicked yeah. the wrong team or something. Um. All right. So let's do some listener que- or not listener questions. Uh, Patreon if questions. Hey, hold on. If it's six a.m. and you're listening to this on your way to work. Get your ass on 11.7.com and sign up for this thing. You're gonna, it's going to be week three or week four, and you're going to be like, damn it, I should have just signed up. Just sign up now. Um, you'll get your money back worth an awesome prize. Don't worry. It's not just a grand prize. we got everything coming for you guys. Yep. All right, so let's, let's do some um, Patreon questions here. Uh, t- so this one's from Josh Holland. Upset. Wait, you didn't even make your survivor pick. Yeah, I did. Said Southern Miss. I'm dying on that sword. And then how the, I didn't even make mine. Well, I thought you did. Go ahead. No, mine is Auburn. Okay, go ahead. Carry on. All right. So Josh Holland, <laughs> I'm just summarizing it here because I didn't write the whole question down. But uh, which top 25 team is going to be upset week one? And when I'm assuming upset means probably has like a bad weekend, maybe not a series, but maybe a bad showing in a tournament. Um, hey, look, I, I think Virginia Tech would be my answer. I think they could easily get upset at Charleston. When I was at Mercer, we played a Charleston team at Char- College of Charleston team at College of Charleston, and we got swept, and we were a better team than them. 
it's a tough place to play. Like, it, it's a tough, t- tough place to play because it's kind of in like a city park. It's weird. It's like a weird stadium and yep. wind blows so straight point. out. Yeah. So I like, I like, I think college of Charleston could upset Virginia tech week one. That's your upset top 25 upset. Um, my upset, I mean, honestly, man, Gonzaga might roll out it, might walk out of Lubbock, Texas with a series win. I think I, Gonzaga, I saw their I tweet, they look good. They tweeted out a picture of them or a video of them like hitting BP on the field, and I was like, Oh, Gonzaga looks pretty solid, but. John Dagger might be my pick to upset a top 25 team. Hey, look, we know it's tough to win in Lubbock. It's tough to win in Lubbock. It sure is. Yeah. All right, here we go. Surprise regional host. This is from Dylan Moore. If I had surprise to make a pick, me. yeah, if I had to make a pick for a surprise regional host, I'm going to go with a real surprise. I would say Who? some... I'm getting there. Um, I would say By somebody. Way, hold on, time out, time out, time out, time out. I've said who so many times because I'm like focusing on something else. So to you and to listeners, my bad. I've said who like a hundred times. I wasn't even talking to you, man. Oh, uh, surprise host. I would say Nebraska. I think that would surprise a lot of people. And and we've seen Big Ten teams hosting regionals. They usually get one thrown their way. I, I would say Nebraska would be a surprise regional host at the end of the year. Hey, I actually, I, I like that pick. Um, my surprise regional host. That's a, that's a, that's a really, that's kind of a hard question. Easy and hard. It, hard if you want to kind of make a, a good guess. Easy if you just say whoever the hell you feel like saying. Um but honestly, I think Georgia could be a surprise regional host. Ooh, that's I think not a bad answer. Yeah. I, I think it. they're a team that nobody's talking about. They have a lot of pro pro talent, a lot of draft prospects. If they, you know, if they a couple series go their way in the SEC, you guys know. If if you get 15 wins in the SEC, you can host. So I think Georgia might be a pick, you know, that really surprised people to host. I could see a Georgia or a South Carolina hosting. I don't know how big of a surprise South Carolina would be, but Georgia would surprise a lot of people. That's not a bad answer. Um, all right, here we go. Three favorite parks that we've played at. And this is from James Rupert. And it's three favorite college parks we played at like while we were in college. Um, I mean, I played at Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Rice. Rice's field is pretty sweet. Um, played it. I mean, Ole Miss is number one for me. I didn't get to play at Arkansas or Mississippi State like Dimitri did. Georgia Tech's field is badass. Georgia Tech would be number two. And then my third would probably be. I'm going to hold on to my third. I got to think about this real fast. Ole Miss and Georgia Tech are definitely two of my favorite. I think I had someone better than Vanderbilt. Oh, East Carolina. East Carolina was probably my favorite. I loved the jungle. I loved the atmosphere. 
I would go East Carolina, Very Ole Miss, would, then Georgia Tech. So you're going East Carolina, Ole Miss, Georgia Tech? Yep. Um. Well, it depends on it depends on if I say best atmosphere or favorite place. Wait, actually, I want to add one more. Florida A and M was one of a kind. The Rattler Dome. Rattler Dome will, will eat you alive. <laughs> I um, lost more games probably, in the Rattler probably, Dome. Yeah, I lost more games in the Rattler Dome than I did at LeClaire Park in a, East Carolina. That is a that plate is a LeBron James full court breakaway slam dunk favorite to be the worst place I've ever played in my life, including eight year old <laughs> rec ball. By far the worst place I've ever played in. Anyway, my favorite place is Mississippi State 2013 regional was pretty freaking sweet. PBR tasted good. The pork chops were phenomenal. I speak, I talk about this all the time. Mississippi State fans think I don't like them. No, I love them. It was just a team that pissed me off. N- nothing personal. Uh, but Mississippi State's got to be up there before the old dude, the original duty noble field at what was it, Ben? Hey, Ben, what was it? At Polk Dement Stadium, that would be Duty Noble Field at Polk Dement. Yep, that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mississippi State's up there. Florida State, I didn't like playing there that much, but we were, it was regional, so the atmosphere was electric. Friday night, um, against Florida State, we got put on that ESPN live look in because it was like upset alert. Mercer is leading Florida State in the seventh yeah. or eighth inning. That was the day after I committed. That was the day after I committed to Mercer, and I was like, "Oh wow, did I just yeah, like sign up to a great team?" I was pitching with a torn UCL, um, throwing literally almost underhand. I threw, hey, I think I threw four innings that night. It was unbelievable. My elbow was so big, but Florida. I'm trying to think, man. Georgia Tech. I love playing at Georgia Tech. I love playing at Georgia Tech. So Mississippi State, Georgia Tech would be my top two. My number three, um, Florida Gulf Coast. I love playing down there. It's not a big stadium or anything, but I just they have palm trees lining up the whole outfield. You're by the beach. Feels so nice getting out of Macon, Georgia, and going to paradise. Feels like paradise. Um, but I'm I'll, trying I, to think of. I'll I'll tell you my two favorite field or three favorite fields I've been to that I didn't play at. The first one is Coastal Carolina. That one might be my favorite field I've ever been to. And then the University of Hawaii's field is amazing. It's like a little minor league park. And uh, I. Hey, by the way, super underrated park that I went to was South Florida, USF. I love their field. They do have a nice field. Super underrated field, super nice. Perfect turf and it's grass, but I like I call it like sports grass, like athletic grass turf. Super perfect stadium, not too big for what their crowd size, but it's like big enough where it feels like a little stadium. Beautiful, I loved it. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, they do have a really nice facility down there. And um, what's, what's th- the next question? Um, the 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 next question here. We kind of already answered it, but let's just take half of it. It was like, who's the big, who's going to be the biggest surprise and who's going to be the biggest disappointment? Um, so let's just take the second half of that question. 
Who's going to be the biggest disappointment this year? Biggest disappointment? Okay, let me ask you this. What do you consider a disappointment for, let's just say, a team like LSU? What would you consider a disappointment? No national championship or no Omaha trip? Like, what is the disappointment? I would say a team that is either projected to, like, host a regional or projected to win their conference or a team that's projected to make it to Omaha. And they don't do that. One of those things. I mean, I think my answer is easy. Wake Forest is going to have – I think Wake Forest is going to have a lot of like big shoes to fill, shoes that maybe they're not quite ready for. Oh, so- I could be totally wrong, but Wake Forest would, would, in my opinion, this early before the season starts, would be my biggest disappointment if I had to project. Would it. you so for Wake Forest if they, if they don't host a regional, it's a disappointment. Yeah, I mean, if they don't host a regional, they better make it to Omaha. If they don't host a regional and make it to Omaha, it's a very or even a super regional. It'd be a successful year. So but right, yeah, so regional on the road and a super regional on the road, losing in super is a disappointing year. No, if they make it to a super regional, I think that's a successful year. They've never. I don't think they've I, been I think, to one. I think a super regional pretty fucking hard to do. Yeah, it's very hard. Very hard. So I I don't think you can consider a, for a team like Wake Forest. I think a super regional appearance is a successful season. 100% a successful season. For a team like LSU, hosting a super regional at home and losing, those fans are going to be salty as hell. That Mm -hmm. is a disappointing year. So I think there's a difference between what you consider disappointing. Um, My biggest disappointment, dude, I was going to say Wake Forest too. I mean, I just don't see it. I, 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 if I'm totally wrong, I will wear it. I will wear it right in the forehead. Punch me, whatever. Talk shit to me. I don't care. I will wear it on the forehead. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. The <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you I another don't. team that is lined up for disappointment, and it's Maryland. Maryland has been getting hyped up all, like all preseason, all offseason, and they did it last year. They hosted a regional. I understand. Like that's awesome, but. The, the Big Ten is going to be a lot tougher this year. And, you know, they might get – they might lose a couple series and find themselves in, like, second or third place at the end of the year needing to win the conference tournament just to feel comfortable getting in, getting into the regionals. Uh, I, I could see Maryland falling flat on their face and not having a successful season. That's very possible. I think I think – out of those teams that were strong last year and are even stronger this year on paper, the Wake Forest, the Maryland, the Tennessee. Virginia Tech. The Virginia, yeah. Like one of those teams, it has to be one of those teams for sure. Oh, yeah. I would I would definitely bet a lot of money that one of those teams is going to be a huge disappointment. Shoot, man, it could be Tennessee. Tennessee could be a disappointment for all we know. I mean, you just don't know with these things. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, nobody would have expected last year, like Mississippi State would have been the biggest disappointment. Nobody. Nobody would have had them on their radar, and they were. So, um, anyways, let's end on this. We, we've pretty much covered everything. Man, we're excited. It's 4 a.m. now. We're, we're excited for college baseball to start here in six hours. Let's pick our national champion. You want me to Enjoy go first? Enjoy the shit out of your weekend. College baseball is back, baby. Yeah. So I'm going to pick my national champion here. And 
boy, is it ballsy. But I've always said it. The year that this team gets into the tournament, they're going to win it all. And I'm very confident in that. Like If they get into the – not the tournament, I'm sorry. If they get into the College World Series, they will win the College World Series. And the pick is East Carolina. They're going to be my national championship pick this year. I think that they have everything that you need to win a national championship. They, and it starts with the fan base behind them. And if that team gets through and breaks through that super regional, we've seen it done before, just get them to Omaha for the first time, they're going to win the whole damn thing. And I, I really do think this is the year that we see the Pirates hosting the, or hoisting the trophy and, and winning the whole thing, dogpiling on the mound. Uh, so I, I, I'm the only one that I know of that has picked East Carolina to win a national championship. You can get them at 90 to one odds, I believe in some places. I, I love it. I think East Carolina is my, my team to win the college world series. Dude, don't let, I'm gonna be, don't I'm, let those boys in. Don't let East Carolina in. Don't let them boys get hot. Don't let them get hot. I'm going to be hundred percent honest with you guys. And you might get mad at me for this, but I don't have a national championship pick. I I can't give you one. I I really don't want to sit here and just draw out of a hat. I don't have one. What do you mean? I I, I mean the only team that I can think of that is just not some super front runner, super hyped up team would be Florida. Yeah, I mean I love Florida too. I, I like a team like that. I mean I can sit here and say Tennessee or LSU or Stanford. I can do that. That's easy, but that's not fun. So I would say Florida if I had to just draw out of a hat, but I'm not confident. I don't know. I'm not confident in a national championship pick yet. Just make a pick, dude. Hmm? Just make a pick. I did, Florida. Oh, okay. Wow, it's coming a lot. It's, a, it's coming a long ways from a Miami fan to, to pick that. Dude, I, 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 people might think Miami is the top 10, top 15 team this year. I don't see it. We, we don't have the pitching stuff. We don't have the pitching that it takes. Yes, we have a great closer. Yes, we have Legon. Yes, we have good pieces, but we have, we have uber talented players every year and they're, just, they're, un, they underperform every time. So just, just honestly, it's just the state of being a Miami sports fan. Football, we get a massive hire. We go, we win. We don't even make a bowl game. Like it's been that way for the past twenty damn years. Baseball, same thing. We were supposed to be great last year. We lost a freaking home regional to the last team in. Like, what do you <laughs> want me to expect? Sorry, I didn't like, mean to get you fired up at four a.m. My bad. I'm not fired up. I'm like blah 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 blah, just spitting things out. But yep, enjoy your weekend, boys, girls, ladies, and gentlemen. Baseball is back. I will be back in the lab. Not that I have already been in the lab for the past month, but I am in the lab. We are going to have a fantastic weekend. Follow along on Twitter and the Discord is going to be popping, guys. The Discord will be popping with lots of information, videos, pictures, everything nonstop. So $1.99 gets you in the Discord. $11.99 before 10 a.m. gets you in the weekend pick'em and on your way to Vegas first class. 
flight not included in the grand prize disclaimer i was alert. about to say don't say first class flight <laughs> and is not a part of the, the agreement last but not least there's more contests coming more prizes to win stay tuned guys love you all and have a weekend let's go we won a national championship for for ole miss and um all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of mississippi and the university of mississippi uh we did it uh, we're national champs Breaking ball. Oh, my goodness. Deep right field. A grand slam. Base hit. Arkansas is headed back to Omaha. And here's Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just bare and walks it off with a grand slam. Hispanic Titanic with a blast again! <laughs>